Welcome to Promised Land at Home Podcast, where we bring people into an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ and each other. Wherever life has you, we pray that today's sermon both challenges and encourages you. We're so glad you're listening today and hope you enjoy the message. I want to start a new series today. We're calling it Health Check. Health Check. Uh, And I wanted to bring a rubber glove and put it on and let you know that it's time. But not that time. When you go to the doctor, the first thing they do is they take your vitals, right? What are the vitals? What, 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 what do they measure in that sequence? Some of y'all work in doctor's office. Y'all perform these. What is it? Blood pressure. We got a nurse on the front row. Come on. Oxygen. Okay, you've said enough. What? Other people. Heart rate. Temperature. Weight. Isn't it weird how they take your weight first and then your blood pressure? That's, not an, that's probably not an accurate reading after they just took your weight and you saw the scale, right? Whew. I got on the scale this week, and uh, we have this app that the staff's been using, this fancy scale that tracks your weight and gives you a uh, line graph about, you know, how you're doing with your weight, and... Um, I got on the scale, and I looked, and I saw that I was three pounds down from last year this time. Now, that was a conclusion of a three-day fast, so I'm not sure if that, how accurate that was. Uh, but yeah, so they, they, when you go to get your health screening, health tested, they take your vitals so that they can keep track of where you are, how you're tracking over time. So, yeah, it's like, just like that scale app that we use. So you can track it all year. But if you come in and you're sick, they want to know what your baseline is. What's your normal heart rate? How does that compare to where you, where you were last month, this month? How's your weight doing? How's your pulse, your blood pressure, your temperature? All those things help you know, the people in the medical profession understand where you are. Uh, Today, I want to talk to you about your spiritual health. And I'm going to ask you a few questions. We could call these your vitals, like your spiritual health vitals. Because whether you realize it or not, inside of you, a part of you is your spirit. You're created with a spirit. We can't see our spirit we can definitely feel. And sometimes people would say, this is your heart. You know, like, um, I love this song that we just sang. It says, heartbreak is not my home. You are. When we have a heart that's hurting, our spirit is hurting, and we can, we can be dry, like a dry desert. Our spirit can be dry, can be unhealthy, because the tidal waves of life just keep pounding away at us. And, um, you know, it's things like how, how is your relationship with your spouse going or um, close friends? How, how, is, how is your parenting going? We just talked about parenting. Do you parent well? When I talk about finances, your personal finances, how is that going? Now, as I'm asking you these questions, I'm not interested in the technical details of your finances and your marriage and your parenting as much as how those things affect your spirit. 
Because if you're not doing well in one of these areas, it can affect the way your spirit is feeling. So the spiritual climate of your being, how is it doing? How healthy is it? How strong is it? Um, so it could be, you know, your track on your education. Like, how, how are you doing with your degree? How are you doing with um, passing your classes and doing the work? And um, each one of these areas of our life can, when it's a negative thing, really affect you. And when it's a very difficult thing, it just is like a vacuum. and just sucks you in, and it's... This one thing becomes such a massive thing that it is all encom- encompassing everything. And uh, man, when it's tough, it's like the whole world is caving in around you. It's very, very hard to uh, even see anything else that's going on because this one thing is so heavy. I remember when I was at Texas State and I graduated in 1998, so this is a long time ago. But I still remember this very clearly. I remember this so distinctly. I was leaving out of Flowers, which is, I think, the English building. And um, it, I had just taken a big test, a big exam in, in English. And um, I remember not feeling well. Like, I was like, man, I just bombed this thing. I didn't do well on it. Probably failed it. Um, and then I'm probably going to fail this course, and then I'm going to fail out of college, and then my parents are going to be ashamed of me. I'm going to be ashamed of myself. How am I going to tell everybody about this? Like this one test, all of a sudden, I just get sucked into this dark cave, and I was just feeling so heavy. My spirit was hurting. My mind was hurting. Like my body was physically just feeling, ugh. And I'm walking out of this hall, and I remember this like it was yesterday, and I looked up, and it was a day like today. There was not a cloud in the sky. It was, it was like 74 degrees or something like that, and I remember seeing the bright green trees accentuated against the blue sky and just the warmth of the sun, and the birds were chirping, and I had this revelation like, oh, my goodness, the world is still turning the sun is still shining. The birds are still chirping. And there was this huge, huge weight that came off of me like, oh my goodness, it's okay. And, you know, even just that experience that I had, some would say that that's a secular experience because I just stepped out into the world and the world taught me something. But I believe that that was God uh, showing me, hey, I'm still in charge. You can fail a test and it's not going to knock the earth off its axis or anything, okay? Like, like, that's a thing that did happen, but it's not the only thing. And I want you to just hold on to that thought just for a second. One thing is not the only thing. I, I got that, that little sentence came to me about a, a week ago when I was just thinking about 2022. And I experienced things in 2022 that I'd never experienced before. Um, as a pastor, something happened to me. As a father, as a husband, I mean, just several different situations happened to me in 2022. And I, I, to be honest with you, I'm, I was glad to get out of 2022. Um, and, 
And each one of those, when they, when they would come into my life, it was like that same thing, that same sucking noise bringing me in to that darkness. And it was like everything else was clouded away. And I'm so thankful that, that God just dropped that thing on me. One thing is not the only thing. There's a lot of other flowers blooming that we need to just stop and smell the roses. In the midst of this cycle that we're in, this life that we're in, there's other things happening. And uh, this reminds me of when, when we first started dating, Erica and I, we got married. And by the way, tomorrow we celebrate 24 years of marriage. Tomorrow, yeah. So when we first started dating and engaged and married, I noticed that she was really good at talking about things that needed to be improved. in my life and other people's lives. And <laughs> he was really good at pointing out things. They're like, that over there, this over here, that person needs to, that you need to do this. this, this. <sighs> and we've still been married 24 years. So, <laughs> so I remember telling her, she'll tell you this. I was like, okay. And I, I really remember this once we started pastoring and, and she would go to some event that I wasn't at, some church event. And, and, and I'm, I'm serious. Like she has a great eye for detail and knowing and, and those things do need to be looked at. But I was like, okay, before we get to those things, like tell me three things that were great about this thing. And uh, it was an exercise and just stopping and going, mm, that's a sweet smelling rose over there. And that's a, that's a good thing over there. And that's a good thing over there. It's important that we do that. Because there really is other things happening besides that one thing. So if you've had a bad year um, or a bad situation that's happened to you recently, I'm glad you came to church today. I'm glad you're listening online today. I'm glad you're going to hear the word of God today because there is good news. All right, there are other flowers blooming in your life and going to bloom in your life, in your spirit. If it's hurting, if it's, if it's dry right now, if it's longing for healing, I'm glad you came to hear the word of God today. Israel uh, had had 70 years of a bad time. Not just a bad year, but 70 bad years in a row. They had fallen out of the will of God. They had sinned. And he stepped back and he said, okay, that's the way you want. You don't want me. I'll sit back. And what happened was the Babylonians came in and captured Israel. And they didn't just like dominate and inhabit the land. They took the Israelites away from their land and into Babylon Took them away from their, their food, their, their houses, their way of life, their religion. And they then destroyed, literally, they destroyed the temple that Solomon had built. And had spent hundreds of millions of dollars in our currency today. Uh, Solomon spent hundreds of millions of dollars building this massive, beautiful temple out of gold and all that. Well, the Babylonians came and destroyed all that, leveled it to the ground, took all the valuables out, took the Ark of the Covenant out. And then not only that, they destroyed all the walls around the city and took the people and literally transplanted them 
over into Babylon. And so the Israelites had to live for 70 years in captivity, living as people of God in a foreign land. So many messages, so many great lessons we can learn from this experience. But what I want to share with you is that at the end of that 70 years, God said, okay, it's time to go back. It's time to go back to the Holy Land. And and he talked to a man named Zerubbabel and a man named Nehemiah. And he's like, you you two guys are going to go lead this charge and you're going to go back and rebuild the temple. You're going to lay the foundation. Zerubbabel's job was to lay the foundation of the temple. Nehemiah's job was to go rebuild the walls of the city. And so just so many great things happened here. But the, the impossibility of that, the difficulty of that, to take all the people, go back to your homeland, organize them, go traveling through this long distance, just keeping people organized and focused. And like, okay, God's called us to do this. We're going to do this. It's going to be okay. There were, there were robbers along the way. And then when they got back to the homeland, people had other, like, uh, I don't know the right word to say it, but people that had come in and started uh, squatting. How about that word? In in uh, Jerusalem and Israel wasn't their homeland, wasn't their property, but they had come in and had had just taken up. Like, hey, let's just live here. Well, now the Israelites had to come in. Like, no, 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 this is our place. This this is our land. This is the holy land. God gave us this land, and um, and, and you don't belong. So they had to deal with all of that, and then find the resources and the money and the labor and the materials and all of that and the design, architecture, all that stuff they had to figure out. This is a massive project that God said, it's time to go. And he gave them these beautiful prophetic messages about it's time to go back to Israel and rebuild. And so just think about the impossibility that, uh, that Zerubbabel and Nehemiah and the people had. In the New Testament, Paul says something very similar to us. In uh, his book to the Philippians and Philippians Three, verse 1, Paul says something that's almost as impossible. He says, in all things rejoice. In all things rejoice. Now, it's easy to rejoice when things are going well, right? And it's easy to rejoice when Pastor Nate's up here leading us in worship. Like we get here on Sunday morning. Fear is not my future. You are, yeah, rejoice in the Lord. Woohoo! But what about Monday? Monday afternoon when you're at work. Nate's not there behind your desk singing. Come on. Come on, Stacy. Fear is not your future. Jesus is. No, he's not, he's not doing that. You're there by yourself. You're, you're dealing with that text message, that email, that conversation at school, or that test you're having to take, or whatever it is. You're the one in that. And, and Paul's saying, rejoice. In that situation, rejoice when you get the diagnosis. Rejoice in all situations. That sounds so tough. That sounds so impossible. How do we do it? Then he spends several verses in Philippians chapter 3 teaching us and showing us that the way we rejoice in all situations is not going to happen because of your efforts. It's not going to happen because of your works. Or because you finally figured it out. Or you really work hard at it. 
or you met the right person that opened up the door for you. That's not not the way you're going to be able to rejoice in every situation. Look at what he says in verse 9 of Philippians chapter 3. I no longer count it. I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law. So he's saying from here, from the very beginning, I'm not going to consider myself right with God or perfect or, or you know, like ready to rejoice because of my ability to do the right thing or to obey the law. Rather, I become righteous through what? Faith in Christ. For God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith. So this is just the beginning of how you're going to rejoice in all situations. This is just the beginning of how you're going to be able to walk through 2023 in a new season, a new beginning. He's telling us here, Philippians 3. Here's verse 10. I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death, so that one way or another I will experience the resurrection from the dead. I want us to look at that verse 10 real quickly. It says, I want to know Christ. I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power. That is a, a very rich word to know. Know in the English language that we use it today is sort of a thin meaning. Meaning, it basically means to like cognitive be aware of something, right? To know something means like your, your brain is aware of it. But this word in the Bible, when you ever see the word know, it's a much deeper word. It's a much more intimate word. And I love the way it's paired with experience because then it says I'm going to like step into it. I'm not just going to cognitively know about it, but I'm going to experience the power of the resurrection. Paul says to his letter to the Romans that this same spirit that rose Christ from the dead will now quicken your mortal bodies. The same spirit, the same power that raised Christ from the dead is now going to quicken you. So when he says no, let's put that scripture back up there, verse 10. When he says uh, to know Christ... And experience the mighty power, he's saying, I want to intimately be in relationship with Christ. I want to intimately be connected. The word know, I was actually used as an intimate word uh, throughout the Bible. It would say like Adam knew Eve and they had a baby. Very, very close, very tight. That's, he's saying, I want, to, I want to be resting in and, and, and fully immersed in. The power of Christ, the resurrection power of Christ, and experience, experience that power. And, and that's my prayer for myself. That's my prayer for you. I want us all to be able to step into that power of Jesus Christ so that our spirits that are so hurting and, and, and dry and barren would experience the real power of Christ. Verse 13, no, dear brothers and sisters, I haven't achieved it. But I focus on this one thing. And uh, if you're going to focus on one thing, if one thing is the only thing, this is the one thing. Jesus. That's what he's saying. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. I want us to look at that scripture. Keep it up there for a second. I, I am 
I am forgetting the past. So some of us are struggling, struggling to move forward because we're stuck in the past. We're stuck in the failure of the past. We're stuck in the issues of 2022. And what Paul is telling us is that one thing is not the only thing, but Jesus is my everything. That's what he's saying right here. And I'm going to move forward, letting go of the past. I'm pressing into this good thing. What What does it say there? The heavenly prize. The heavenly prize that God is calling us to. And so I just want to speak prophetically. I want the word of God to speak prophetically to you that there is a heavenly prize for you. And when you get sucked into the negativity and all those things that happen to you, we can get so focused on the negative thing or so focused on the earthly solution to that negative thing that we don't put our eyes on what matters the most, and that's Jesus and the power that he has to offer us. And so we're like struggling with the thing and we're struggling with the solution to the thing. And we're like, oh man, okay, this is gonna work for that. Uh, that didn't work. Okay, we're gonna try this thing. That's gonna work for that. Uh, that didn't work. We just struggle, 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 struggle. And we're so sucked into that that we're not tuned in to the spirit of the Lord, the Holy Spirit of God that's going to bring us peace and joy. All the stuff we've been singing about That comes from the presence of God, the Holy Spirit of God. And he says there to receive the heavenly prize, the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus has called us. One thing that we know about the good news of Jesus Christ is that he wants us to step into that heavenly prize, not just when we die and go to heaven, but we can be in the fullness of God and we can know Christ while we're still living on this broken planet. We can be in the goodness of God, in the heavenly realm of God while we're here. It was Jesus who brought heaven and earth back together again. So when we're in Jesus, the union of heaven and earth come back together. Anybody listening to me today? Come on. This is good stuff. Straight from scripture. The heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. And I just want you to hear that good news. I want you to just listen to what God is telling you, that you're going to make it. The presence of the Lord is your solution. Jesus Christ gave his life so that you wouldn't have to live according to the standards of the world that we live in. But you could live according to the heavenly prize, the heavenly realm of God. So he goes on uh, to just teach us that it is the gospel of Jesus, that it is the power of Jesus, that that's the one thing that should inundate us, that Jesus is the one thing that should surround us. Not our works, not our efforts, not our ability to get it right, not someone that's going to have that secret key for you, like, ah, finally they, finally they got it, finally they got it. No, 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 no. Our hope is not in a person. Our hope is not in a process. Our hope is in Jesus. And I'm preaching to myself as much as I'm preaching to anybody today that Jesus is our hope, that the power of God's spirit is a transformational power. We don't think about our spirit a whole lot because it's not really talked about a whole lot. We just talk about the natural world a lot but the spiritual world is extremely real and it impacts so much of our culture that we live in 
whenever you're looking at the scriptures and the Bible and you read the word spirit, when it's a, lower, a lowercase s, that means the spirit that's in us. That means the human spirit that's within, within us or maybe even a dark spirit, an evil spirit would be a lowercase s. That's, there's so many different spirits and we each have our own spirit. There's a Robin spirit that is just as real as the flesh you see standing in front of you. But when we read scripture, we see the capital S, that's the Holy Spirit. And the only way we can have healthy spiritual life, healthy lowercase spiritual life, is when we invoke the capital S Spirit into our life. Spirit of God, come on. When the Israelites were coming into Israel to build back the walls and build back the temple, they were struggling with this. How are we going to do this? How are we going to make this work? How is this going to happen? And in Zechariah, the fourth chapter and the sixth verse, this is what the Lord says to Zerubbabel. It is not by might nor by power that you're going to rebuild the temple. It's not by getting the right construct contractor, the right architect, or getting the right loan from the bank. Or It's not about you meeting the right spouse or going to the perfect church. No, 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 no. It's not about your might or by your power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord. It's by my spirit, says the Lord of heaven's army. Nothing, not even a mighty mountain will stand in Zerubbabel's way. It will become a level plain before him. And when Zerubbabel sets the final stone of the temple in place, the people will shout, may God bless it. May God bless it. May God bless it. And so I want to just speak to all of those mountains that are in your life, all the difficulties that you're facing, all those things that are happening. And some of you may be doing great right now. But you need this. You need to hear this. For when the mountain comes your way, you better be in the presence of the Lord. Jesus was here in the flesh for 33 years. And he gave his life willingly on the cross and took our place of punishment and death on the cross so that we could be made right with him. He died on the cross. He was buried in the tomb. He was put in the grave and the stone was rolled over the grave. And then on the third day, Jesus rose from the dead and he conquered hell. He conquered death. He conquered the grave in that moment. And then he lived with his followers for like 40 or 50 days. And then he ascended into the heavenly realm. But right before he ascended into the heavenly realm and they didn't see him in the flesh any longer, he said, I'm not going to leave you by yourself. I'm going to send my spirit. And the spirit of Jesus is just as real as the flesh. The Holy Ghost, the Bible calls. The Holy Spirit, same thing. Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost, same thing. To come, and he said, to be your comforter. And as, he, as Paul said in, in the book of Romans, to give you the power to quicken. That's the, that's the King James word for the quicken your mortal bodies. Just We need some quickening in our heart and in our soul. I'm going to ask the band to come out and help me. We're going to just worship again and sing again. Um, but there was a, a song when I was growing up that we would sing, and I think this is just like, if you, 
If you don't get anything else out of this, this is what I want to ask you to do. Just pray for the Holy Spirit to fill you. Just say, Holy Spirit, you're welcome. When you're in the middle of that situation and it just feels like the walls are just closing in around you and it's so dark and it's so tough and it's so difficult, you just say, Holy Spirit, come on. Come on, Holy Spirit. We should sing this song, Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place. Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place. Y'all know this song? Omnipotent Father of mercy and grace thou art welcome in this place you're welcome in this place holy spirit you're welcome in this place this building you're welcome in this place come into this place and not just this physical body But come into this place of my life. Come into this zone of my life. Whether it's the parenting place or the spouse place or the occupation place or the relationship place or the financial place. You know, whatever that place is that you're in that's causing you to struggle or difficult. Lord, we welcome you into that place. Come be in this place. I'm thankful for earthly tools thankful for relationships and people that open doors and new ideas and philosophy and books and I'm thankful for all that but I'm not going to allow those things to be my answer because they're just help they're just and some of them are counterfeit they offer a little bit of kickback a little bit of, of joy a little bit of peace but then they long term bring heaviness and darkness right we can use sex as a medicine we can use making money as a medicine we can use alcohol as a medicine drugs as a medicine all these different things are kind of like a way to get our mind off of things and to deal and to cope but when we do those things we're taking our eye off the holy spirit the holy spirit is the only entity that can come into your life and truly bring health and as jesus says drink from the well that will never run dry the holy spirit is a well, is the is a, is the well of living water that will never go dry. When you're drinking from the well of the Holy Spirit, you never go thirsty again, because the well of the Holy Spirit is the only thing that is so um, fulfilling and so healing and so comforting. It's the presence of the Lord, the Holy Spirit of the Lord. Would you stand with me on, on your feet right now? Well, let's go to Him in prayer. First thing we're going to do is just bow our heads and we're just going to say that Jesus, we, we love you. Jesus, we give you our heart right now. Would you pray a confession of your faith with me right now and just say, Jesus, I surrender my life to you right now. Please forgive me of my sin. Please help me with the things of my life. Please help me with the things of this world that I'm living in. Jesus, I surrender to you. Jesus, I put you 
on the throne of my life, Lord. I, I don't want to be the king. I don't want anything else to be the king, Jesus. I want you to be the king of my life. Would you confess that with me in your own words, in your own mouth? Jesus, I put you at the center of my life. Lord, I put you at the throne of my life. Please forgive me of my sin. I believe in you, Jesus. You are my savior. You are the leader of my life. You're the, you're the Lord of my life. You're the protector. You're my provision, Jesus. Come on, say those things to him. Trusting in him, confessing of your faith, believing in your heart and speaking it with your mouth. Jesus is my answer. Jesus, you are my solution. Now let's just say, I welcome you, Holy Spirit. Come on in. Come on in, Holy Spirit, and fill me. Baptize me from the top of my head to the sole of my feet. I want to be filled with the mighty power of God, the Spirit of the Lord, the Spirit of God. Thank you, Jesus, for the price you paid, and thank you, Holy Spirit, for what you're going to do in my life. You're all that I need, and you're all that I want, and I love you, and I praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. Don't forget we want to connect with you. You can find us on Facebook and YouTube by searching Promised Land San Marcos, on Instagram at PSM Church, or on our website, psmchurch.com. Thanks again for listening to the Promised Land at Home podcast.